Hey everybody, welcome back to your ex-boyfriend's podcast. This is episode 27, and I want to thank everybody for waiting uh, an extra day for this episode to drop. Thank you for your patience. Technical difficulties actually translates to, I just got delayed, (laughs) and I didn't get it out in time, Um, and that's okay. So... Here we are releasing Monday the 25th. This episode is called, Which Version Are You? You're going to see why. So recently, I was listening to a podcast that I frequently enjoy called Cheaper Than Therapy. Cheaper Than Therapy is a podcast done by two therapists that attempt to kind of shed light on what the therapy process is like to destigmatize a lot of it and they just in general talk about a lot of things that we like to talk about on this podcast they have really good chemistry and i enjoy a lot of what they have to say they also do this cool thing where they have live guests on their show uh just normal people that write or call in um to them and say hey i want to talk about some stuff on the on the podcast with you and they frequently do that with just random people so something well i can't do that exactly now that i'm thinking about it it's something i would like to try but granted i'm just joe schmo you know (laughs) i'm not a licensed psychotherapist um but that's fine (laughs) uh this episode 27 is actually inspired by a recent episode of their podcast cheaper than therapy actually correction not a recent episode i just recently listened to it they've been going for a couple years now this one was from somewhere in the middle of uh their podcast run the episode that i listened to they were talking about the spectrum of introversion to extroversion hence the title of this episode which version are you (laughs) ah good dad joke right (laughs) um i think those terms introvert extrovert are ones that we have all heard at some point or another and most of us i would guess categorize ourselves somewhere in that range the range being you know, a spectrum of uh, introvert on one end to extrovert on the other with somewhere in the middle being what's called an ambivert, similar to, as you may have guessed, ambidextrous. Um, Carl Jung is the, the guy that coined this, these terms introvert, extrovert, and long time ago, I want to say in the 1920s, um, did the initial, like laid the initial groundwork for this idea of, you know, your uh, personality, what do you want to call it? I think he called it like personality dimension theory or, or something like that. But that's the guy, famous uh, psychologist. And you may have heard, like, there's a lot of, 
and I don't know if this is the case anymore, but there's a lot of, or has been a lot of argument between um, proponents of, of Jung and proponents of Freud, right? They, I guess they disagreed on a lot of stuff. And you have historically seen psychologists fall into, well, I should say fall more into one group or the other. But that's that's a lot of extra info that you don't need, unless you want to do some reading. <laughs> um, so, uh, where were we? Oh, right. Um, the personality dimension theory, which he developed, was your your personality. He kind of categorized into one of um, four categories. You were either. No, I shouldn't say either. You were somewhere on the spectrum of extroverted to introverted. There was a spectrum of sensing to intuiting. There was one for thinking to feeling. And there was one for judging to perceiving. Those four, excuse me, those four categories um, were each um, broken down into a spectrum where you fell in that spectrum for each one made up your personality um, overall. And for those of you who caught on, those four categories, those those ranges in each of those categories, those are what the Myers-Briggs personality test uh, were based off of. Just as a little tidbit, a little piece of trivia. Regardless of how you might feel about the about the relevance of the Myers-Briggs personality test or any such test where, you know, you have people being lumped into these handful of, of groups in, you know, generalized in a lot of ways. The Enneagram is another one of those. Regardless of how you feel about whether those are relevant or not, I think they do spark a lot of good conversation and they open up um, a world that you may not have thought about. You know, it's like... It's like astrology, <laughs> like regardless of whether you think that's um, a bunch of bullshit or not, you know, it does open up certain conversations, maybe makes you think about things about yourself that you hadn't considered. Not that it's saying any one thing or another about you that has any basis in fact, but if it starts you thinking about how you operate, how you are, how you think, you know, I guess it's not a bad thing, but that's a lot of extra. <laughs> so the um, spectrum of introverted to ambiverted <laughs> to extroverted, it describes how you get recharged, how you fill yourself up, how do you invigorate yourself. Kind of like when you've had a stressful day and you come home, how do you energize yourself? What are you going to do to refill your cup in essence? As we've probably all heard, like the introvert is going to be alone. The extrovert needs people like as basic as I can make it. I've talked about before on this podcast um, a, a good metaphor for this that I've used to describe this very simply to people, the coin metaphor. And I, 
wish I could remember where I heard it. Um, but it's very appropriate. An introvert will start the day with a pocket full of coins and every social interaction, whether it be with a single person or groups or whatever, every social interaction with other people, the introvert gives a coin away. When the coins run out, the introvert is done. They have depleted their energy. They have depleted their battery, their social battery, and they need to recharge. They're going to recharge by being alone. On the flip side, ha, flip, get it? Because they're coins. <laughs> uh, that was not on purpose. On the flip side, the extrovert starts the day with an empty pocket. And every social interaction they have, the other person or the other group gives that extrovert a coin. At the end of the day, the introvert, I'm sorry, the extrovert goes home with a pocket full of coins. They were recharged by being with other people. They had their cup filled by being with other people. So you ask yourself, now that you know, what is the difference? What, what are you, right? Am I introverted or extroverted? On some level, you probably know. It's going to be something that you've naturally just done over time. You know what feels good. You know how it feels to be recharged, whether that's from being by yourself or being with other people. Or let's say, you know, you're somewhere in the middle of that spectrum. As an ambivert, you flop back and forth, or maybe it's a little bit of both that charges you up at any one time. But regardless, you might ask yourself, well, how did that happen? Right? What caused me to be one way or the other? The long, or I should say the opposite. The short answer is that we don't really know. Whether it is born into you, whether you pop out of the womb, that way or is it something that you uh, develop part of you that evolves as you go through life as you experience there may be a factor of you developed introversion or extroversion or somewhere in the middle to fit in or to be expect accepted not expected accepted um, maybe it was to survive survival situations. Maybe it was cause of trauma. You may have developed one way or the other in order to thrive in any given environment, etc. Right. On the other side of that, is it inherent? Is it the way that you, uh, were born? Is it an inherent, you know, evolutionary thing in which maybe your genealogy has something to do with it. I'm just spitballing here because I don't know. <laughs> we really don't know whether it was one or the other. Now, you could look societally because, you know, of the two options, is it more, you know, part of who you are? Or did you develop, you know, one thing or the other? We can more easily look on this podcast anyway at did you develop it, right? Is it something that was taught? Is it something that your experiences 
throughout life influenced societal pressure exists and i think we can get on board with the idea that that pressure is towards extroversion meaning you're weird if you like to be alone (laughs) you're a weirdo right society says in general you should want to be around other people you should want to participate in various extroverted activities or patterns, habits, whatever. You should want to participate. You should want to have interaction with others. And that, society says, that should be what fills you up. Uh, And I don't want to use that like a blanket statement. It's not that you're getting that from all sides. You know, you may have a community that's very supportive of you. Uh, But I think, in general, societal pressure points toward extroversion. Why? Uh, I've got some ideas. (laughs) I think a lot of that might have to do with introverts relying less on other people for self-satisfaction introverts are more self-sufficient with their self-care um they can take care of that recharging of the battery of that refilling of the cup solo meaning they participate less in society as a whole and i think for any of us that either are introverts like myself or no introverts, that would be pretty obvious. Those people do not take part in as much social interaction as an extrovert or even an ambivert. So why would that equal pressure to be more extroverted? Why would that natural tendency to participate less in society as a whole um, result in this pushback. People like to be needed. I think that's one thing. And I think that applies to the whole spectrum of introvert, extrovert, whatever. I think at some point in our lives, we have all felt that, you know, good feeling from being needed, from being of use, of, of being of, um, you know, being some sort of positive influence on another person. On another level, a larger scale, society has constructs that need people, right? We, we don't have a society, a culture, without people participating in it, for better or for worse. So I think there is also a natural um, tug from the collective on people who don't want to have as much to do with the collective. You know, it's kind of like on a very large scale, it's kind of like a click, right? If you're not part of the click, you're weird. You know, groupthink is something that we see, <laughs> you know, at the, the tiny high school level and that little microcosm 
of society in general. Um, Groupthink applies all the way up, you know? So I think it's also something to do with just the othering, in in quotes, the othering of um, introverts that comes naturally with not wanting to be a part of the group at all times. Um, There are also, as we have discussed many times on this podcast, there are people who are trying to use other people. They have a certain amount of control or wish to gain more. They want to benefit in some way, more control, power, money, you know, whatever. And they don't get that from people who refuse to participate. (laughs) Now, that's a pretty big generalization. But I think there is some level of that. Somebody who does not want to be interacting with other people who is more self-sufficient in their self-care, who is more concerned with what they're doing with themselves than what they're doing with other people, that person contributes less in a lot of ways. And I don't mean less in a bad way. It's just, it is what it is. And it's not contributing to the greater good. What I mean is they contribute less to the social construct. And in addition, where you might have extroverts looking at these people, what you're going to find is extroverts at some level aid in all other extroverts, extroversion. (laughs) I know that sounded hella confusing. (laughs) Extroverts participate in other people's extroverted tendencies. They thrive off of each other. They charge their batteries with each other. They fill each other's cups. Introverts do not. So what you have is, you know, probably unconsciously, you have extroverts seeing other extroverts as a benefit and other introverts, or I should not say other, extroverts seeing introverts as not so much of a benefit on some level. And that is not to say that these different people cannot coexist harmoniously because you see it all the time, whether you know it or not. But maybe at some, could be very small, unconscious level, there is that idea of, well, that person does not contribute to the charging of my battery, the filling of my cup. Now, you do see that working, right? When you see the extrovert find and adopt an introvert, right? They go up and say, hey, we're going to be friends, or hey, we're going to be partners, you know, or hey, we're going to be teammates. And a lot of times that works perfectly well, you know, if that can form if there's a lasting, meaningful, you know, mutually beneficial relationship that can be formed there, it's a great thing. Anyway, all of this to say, if you're wondering why you developed as an extrovert or you feel you're naturally introverted 
but you've developed this skill set of being able to play the part of a more extroverted person, it may come down to that's what society was asking of you or expecting of you. But like I said before, I'm not really sure. We don't really know. The whole idea of introverted versus extroverted, I think, can be boiled down to this very simple concept of introverts need others to be okay with them being alone. And extroverts need others to be okay participating with them. Recently, and when I say recently, I guess I mean last couple of years, we had a very strong, what am I trying to say here? (laughs) We had something happen in this country that highlighted the difference, the differences between these people with a giant spotlight. It was a huge mirror on the uh, tendencies of the two, you know, extreme types of people. Cause like I said, it's a spectrum. It really highlighted what it means to be introverted versus extroverted. That was COVID, right? The pandemic. We saw that really show how people deal with the lack of, um, a social life. So I'll use myself as an example. Like I've noted before, fairly introverted. I've been that way for a long time. Um, as I'll say as far as I can, far back as I can remember. So I really don't have any answers for, you know, did I develop that way or was I born that way? As far back as my memories go on this topic, I've been pretty introverted. What does that mean? For me, just for justice. It means uh, a lot of things. I've had uh, lots of hobbies. I'm very focused on things that I like to do. And most of those things end up being things that I can do by myself. So whereas some someone who's an extrovert, a lot of their uh, fun, so to speak, is derived in doing things with others. Mine, you know, the the list of things that I find enjoyable, a lot of those are things I do by myself. You know, playing guitar or reading or watching a movie. Uh, And by the way, a lot of the times I really hate watching movies (laughs) with other people if they talk. You know, that's one of the reasons I do that a lot by myself. (laughs) Uh, I think... Some of you can appreciate that. (laughs) Um, It means, so my introverted tendencies mean that I'm okay being alone a lot of the time. I'm okay going to work and having to interact with people all day, but then coming home and seeing nobody, except for Jonesy, of course. Jonesy, what's up? I know you hear me. (laughs) Jonesy. Ah, I got you. (laughs) Um, it means I have a lot of time for focus on myself. For those of you who know me a little bit better, you know, I think the shit out of everything. Like 
I am always in my head for better or for worse. Um, being introverted means I have a lot of time to self-reflect. Um, and the wherewithal, like the, the desire to do so because it requires nobody but me. Being alone is very comfortable for me. On the other side of that, it's not all, you know, a walk through the roses. Is that even a phrase? I don't know. But uh, it's resulted in in it being pretty hard to make friends. Like, that's something that some of my close friends and family know. I have been on, you know, a quest <laughs> for years to make friends. And it's tougher for me because it means it means going out and doing things with other people, which I do enjoy to a certain extent, but my natural lean is towards just hanging out by myself because I am very okay doing that. I enjoy that quite a bit. Uh, it means that all that reaching out and and not having it work out in a lot of ways, like if I'm having to meet people over and over, trying to make friends, trying to make friends, or if I've been trying to like date or, you know, hang out with groups of people that I'm unfamiliar with, like any of that requires a pretty significant amount of energy um, from me and especially doing it repeatedly, you know. Um, it's resulted in me having a smaller support system, um, whether that is, you know, help moving or a shoulder to cry on when, when shit goes south. It's just naturally, for me, a smaller group of people because the majority of the time, I do not um, cultivate more people coming into that support system. So that's me. And all that to say, with the pandemic, with lockdown in the beginning, with a lot of the social distancing, not having social, uh, what am I trying to say? Not having a social life. It was perfectly fine with me. Did I have times where I missed um, my friends and my family? Absolutely. Did I miss a lot of the things that I like to do? Like, as we might have talked about on this podcast. I'm not sure, but we might have. I love live music and concerts. And and not having that was hard. Absolutely. But 90% of the time, I was doing great. Not difficult for me to be alone or with a very tiny group of people all the time for two years. Uh that is not the case, as we know, for everybody. There were extroverts out there who were struggling, right? They were on the struggle bus. Isolation from their social circle was akin to torture. And not being an extrovert, I can only look at that, you know, academically, but I think I can sympathize. If my means of recharge of my means of filling my own cup of invigorating myself was spending time with the people that I cared about or maybe even in some cases just with people in general and I couldn't do that for two years I think I would probably go crazy too so if I apply that to myself right if I had spent two years 
of the pandemic as an introvert, not being able to be alone. Like if I had to be with, with groups of people all the time, interacting with other people all the time. Yeah. I would have gone insane. That would have been awful. So I can really sympathize with the people out there who had the opposite experience. Whatever else COVID did for or to our society, it definitely shone that huge spotlight, not only on the difference between introverts and extroverts, but, you know, and onto a lot of other parts of our societal structure that we don't normally stop to look at. I'm not going to get into all those right now, but, you know, we all saw that happen. Um, and I think that's always a good thing. Not that I wish that it had taken a pandemic of global proportions with, you know, millions of people dead to do it. But if we can look at silver linings, you know, or try to, that was a good thing that came from it. You know, anytime you can stop and examine um, why you do something or why we do something as a culture um, and how that's affecting the people that are participating, I think that's a good thing. In uh, Frank Herbert's book, Dune, he's talking about um, the like human supercomputers in his universe that he has built called Mentats. They are essentially, you know, like I said, supercomputers, but people, they've gone through rigorous training to be able to logic anything to death. <laughs> Look at everything from a point of logic and, and um, basically take the place of AI or computers, or as he calls them, thinking machines. The training that they go through um, teaches them what is called the first law of Mentat, which is a process cannot be understood by stopping it. Understanding must move with the flow of the process, must join it and flow with it. So what we had with the pandemic, with COVID-19, was a look into the process of these tendencies to be either introverted or ambiverted or extroverted. We had to look at a lot of processes. <laughs> we all know that. Um, and in, in doing so, in, in allowing this, you know, in allowing this um, flow of understanding, joining with what is actually happening, I think we learned a lot. Learning what you are is, you know, one of the core ideas that this podcast I'm I'm making is trying to promote. Learning what you are is so important and recognizing what you are and when that matters. Whatever you are, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, whatever, wherever you fall on that spectrum, 
lean in to that. Embrace that. Allow it to happen. Disregard what society or others or your community, whatever, are telling you to do. Because they don't know. That's the bottom line. They don't know what's right for you. That's something we've said plenty of times on this show. Embrace whatever it is that feels right for you. Whether you are happy being alone or happy being with other people or somewhere in between. Maybe a little bit of both. There is no wrong or right with that. There is no wrong or right answer when it comes to how introverted or extroverted you are. The right thing is knowing yourself and embracing whatever that means. Knowing yourself will allow others to know you and it opens the door to you knowing them back. And I think I can speak for everyone that the feeling of being seen and understood and accepted is one of the greatest if not the greatest feeling that you could have. And if you take anything away from this episode, other than, you know, a little bit of background on uh, your personality dimensions, (laughs) if you take anything away, it's, I hope, that you can be yourself, that you can be whatever you are and be okay. And that you can be yourself and allow others into your life in a meaningful, healthy way. And that they can do the same for you. If we just accept the process and look at the process, I think we can move towards that. To conclude... It is no longer possible to send me any questions for the sex and intimacy. God, I can never say this. For the sex and intimacy coach that is coming to the show. I've sent the questions off to her. No more will be submitted. If in a moment of benevolence, I see some more questions come in and I decide to last minute throw them into the show, It will be only because I am a kind and generous God. (laughs) But it's too late. I've already sent them off. So thank you to everybody who um, sent me questions and contributed to that. And um, hopefully we'll get to all of them in the episode um, when she's here. In the same spirit, I have another uh, ask of you. Dear listener, instead of sending me um, questions for this part, for this specific guest, I have a question about what you would like to hear. Jonesy, <laughs> he just threw his ball at me. <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, what you would like to hear covered in future episodes. It's not that I don't have, you know, endless things in my own head that I want to talk about <laughs> for hours and hours because I do. As you've seen, I'm now 27 episodes into this um, effort in narcissism. <laughs> but uh, I would love to talk about things that you want to talk about. So 
if any of you have ideas on what you would like covered in future episodes could be in the near future or you know six months from now doesn't matter please always feel free to send those to me and you know odds are i'm going to talk to you about them first personally if you know you're somebody that i know um and see if we can make something happen lastly i have one more request i'm sorry i'm not sorry do it for me (laughs) do it because you love me um this is something i actually haven't uh touched on before because i'm new to podcasting and i didn't even think about this we've uh talked about how i might spread this podcast a little bit more efficiently a little bit further how i get more people to listen in apparently one of the ways to do that is if you dear listener rate and review my podcast on whatever platform you listen on whether that's spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts. if it has a function if it has a feature where you can rate and review or one of one or the other doesn't matter but hopefully both if it has that it would be amazing if you could give me uh you know feedback via that function so you know give it like on spotify i think it's stars you can give it however many stars you think it's worth hopefully that's five you know if it's not you know better to not say anything than say something mean (laughs) no i'm kidding if you hate it give it a one star i don't give a shit um but hopefully you think this is worthwhile you rate it accordingly and then tell me what you think on whatever review platform whatever um apparently that helps get the thing out there and it helps other people um who see that it's been listened to (laughs) and somebody you know cared enough to rate and review it it lets them know like hey maybe i should listen to you know if other people are actually listening so i think that would help um and i've also been learning a lot more about hashtags recently (laughs) so apparently when i talk about like in this episode i talked about frank herbert and dune you know, I'm going to post on Instagram and then I'm going to talk or I'm going to uh, hashtag Dune and then I'm going to hashtag like Frank Herbert and I don't know what else. It's tough. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to figure it out. Okay. On that note, we're going to end it here. So make sure you listen in. I think it's going to be next week that we have that amazing, what I hope is going to be amazing interview with the uh, sex coach. And until then, try to lean in to whatever you are, embrace that. And, you know, by embracing it and allowing that to continue to grow, um, you can better understand it. So I will talk to you all next Sunday. Until then, take care.